at 630-1817 Soquel Avenue in Santa Cruz. And you're listening to 94.1 KPFA in Berkeley, 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, and 88.1 KFC up in Fresno, also online at kpfa.org. It's 3 p.m. Stay tuned now for Jennifer Stone. Happy ending, nice and tidy. It's a rule I learned in school. Get your money every Friday. Happy endings are the rule. So divide up those in darkness from the ones who walk in light. Light them up, boys. There's your picture. Drop the shadow out of sight. This is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw. I was just listening to that splendid program on the last hour. I always love that gender stuff. <laughs> it's, what is it? It's mind-bending. Um, the boys and the girls, and the girls will be boys, and so forth and so on. There was a French sociobiologist once. Yeah, I loved him. He explained it all in great depth. He explained that it was all back in prehistory. He said that the, the men learned from the animals, and the women learned from the plants. Which is why men stand up and women sit down. <laughs> I think that covers the subject perfectly. Yes, I don't know. Uh, I'm sure we will rediscover the, well, you know, reinvent the wheel every time. Never mind. I'm going to hardly tear myself away from the math media today. I'm having such a wonderful time watching Rupert. <laughs> Murdoch, spin in the wind. Ah, oh, I think he doth protest too much, that multimedia megalomaniac. <laughs> oh, yes, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. He reminds me of, oh, yes, the Almighty. He's like uh, God himself, yes. His eye is on the sparrow. Mm-hmm. Nothing, no one is too small to escape his notice. Oops, oops, oops. (laughs) He excused himself. He says that the current brouhaha is about only, oh, maybe one percent of his worldwide empire. Yes, (laughs) he couldn't keep track of all those damn sparrows. Yes, yes, my eyes on the sparrow. (laughs) And I know he watches me, actually... Rupert Murdoch did, what is it, uh, his hand slipped, uh, yes, uh, he fell asleep at the wheel for a moment. It was a senior moment, they call that, yes, his distracted uh, age showing. He's got to get his sparrows all in a row. Um, I put it down to primate grandiosity, uh, 
from Napoleon to, well, oh, Lord, uh, it's such a, such a cliché, it's so old, you know. We see these aging silverbacks, uh, Congress is all full of them, uh, too grandiose to fail, is that it? Too rich and powerful to fall on their faces, too, oh, yes, I guess Murdoch is too entrenched. He can't fall over backwards, he can't fall on his face. I I think they will prop him up, and I will enjoy the sight of his hubris. Yes, you remember the Greeks had these, um, well, the, the words were ate hubris nemesis. That's uh, fate, uh, uh, fate, destiny, what is it? Uh, and Anyway, the third one is retribution. Hubris is the overweening arrogance, yes. Uh, I don't know quite how it works out. It's that, you know, Nemesis comes along and she's the goddess of uh, comeuppance, right. Somebody has to pull the rug out from under you. Uh, English majors call it poetic justice. Rise and fall, rise and fall. Uh, Greek tragedy, who cares? Actually, I, I don't care a damn. Uh, money and power, they are games for boys, speaking of gender, you know. I I liked it back in the old days when we could be very simplistic, the feminist argument, you know, that feminine was eros, love, life, positive stuff. Masculine was thanatos, um you know, the military, death, um, death culture, all that stuff. It is not, I'm afraid, that simple. Uh, and it isn't really much, um, well, biological, uh, biological uh, determinism, is it? Uh, it's not what it's about. I think it's about what's happened to our technology. Uh, <laughs> I don't see how you can be a... A, a warrior or a macho guy in a culture where all you have to do is press a button <laughs> to kill uh, a million people. What was it Gertrude Stein used to say? Uh, St. Teresa, yes. If you could kill a million Chinamen by pressing a button, yes. St. Teresa, not interested. Lately, I am St. Teresa. Uh, all I care about is our inner lives, uh, the lives of women and uh personal fates of my friends that's so old hat it's certainly not good for socialists we're supposed to worry about the big stuff i like to worry about the jane austen stuff the little details uh the only thing that really caught my attention on the mass media this week was an ad now i don't even know if i should bring this up some people will wince it was an ad for a hygiene product. It features Whoopi Goldberg. She does a series, uh, well, she does all these get-ups, um, different periods of history, um, pyramids, queens, that kind of thing. It's a little strange. Anyway, what she's selling, the item for sale, is um, this hygiene pan, pad called Poise, P-O-I-S-E. E, apparently, it's <laughs> it's a um, hygiene pad for urine. 
uh, Whoopi confesses that she, the word she used was, she leaks. She said, I don't want anybody to know, she says. I just gasped, and I thought, my God, they must have paid her enough to retire. Uh, I <laughs> I winced, and then I, I left. I wonder, is this courage for um, a middle-aged woman to talk about such a thing? Uh, I remember many years ago, the actress June Allison, she was a, a 50s movie star. You remember, she was angelic. Uh, she was uh, promoting a product called Depends. That's another thing. Um, I, I, it's um, it's for for, um, for urine, right. And I remember somebody who used to date her <laughs> was talking about, he was in an interview, and he was horrified, absolutely horrified. And he said he, he just couldn't imagine her doing anything so... Uh, well, undignified, he thought. Uh, and she replied that she was uh, delighted to use her celebrity to help women who might have this uh, delicate problem. Uh, nobody seemed to mention that men, of course, also have uh, urinary problems. Uh, anyway, Whoopi Goldberg, of course, is an in-your-face comic. And the things she says about her private parts, I cannot, of course, repeat here on the radio, <laughs> but yes, I, I, I do, I do tend to break up when she starts in. She got pudenda, yes. Anyway, um, she's got this "what the hell" approach. Um, it's a brave new world these days with women like that. Uh, I remember the first time personal products were advertised in mass markets. I. I was a little shocked, but let's face it, all that uh, is blood under the bridge. We're as sick as our secrets, and you might just as well let it all hang out. I remember the poet Alta doing something like that. Oh, never mind, I don't want to get into that. But I think we have to have little breakthroughs. Uh, we used to call it pushing the envelope. I remember... The first time I suffered from kidney stones, and I remember trying to hide my agony. Uh, such, such indignities, medical procedures. Actually, this stuff is dead serious. And most people who are um, in the uh, healthcare field will tell you that it's a big problem with patients, uh, both men and women, of course. The late great actor Charles Lawton suffered from colon cancer, and uh, uh, he was gay. His wife, Elsa Lancaster, said that he was so ashamed, he didn't want to be examined, and so he put off going to the doctor, put off having uh, an examination, and uh, so he died. And so she uh, she warned about that. I... I think of Rock Hudson, who lacked the courage um, to come out as an AIDS sufferer until the end. I, I don't remember if he ever did exactly come out. Uh, he was one of the earliest. Well, all that stuff, we, we cannot blame people because, of course, social, what is that, social, people who are shunned, Either you know, either their jobs are 
under threat or they're going to lose their friends. I can't blame anybody for uh, what keeping their heads down, staying in the closet. Uh, Betty Ford, of course, did the breast cancer thing. Uh, now, why, why, uh, why breast cancer should be something to be ashamed of is fascinating. There's a rerun now of the uh, television series John Adams. I remember being very touched. Uh, Adams, John Adams, had a daughter who died of breast cancer, and they deal with this in the series. Nineteenth-century woman uh, having surgery in her upstairs bedroom. Anyway, uh, come down to what is it? Smoking. That was Yule Brenner. Um, he did use his celebrity. Uh, funny, I guess both alcohol and cigarettes. Uh, it's so interesting. Someone said that uh, the sinful, the, the vices seem to be. Uh, what is it? Uh, more appealing, more sophisticated. There was a sad story about Rita Hayworth preferring to be thought alcoholic when actually she had Alzheimer's. Uh, as my father used to say or tell his patients, uh, he was a general practitioner, yes, tell the truth and shame the devil. Uh, what I find uh, funny is that the horrors of the smaller ailments, the little ills, are sometimes more undignified and more shaming than the big stuff. Uh, you know, most people uh, want to keep it under their hat if they have, what, hemorrhoids, herpes, that kind of thing. The big C, they're calling, they're using a, um, that title for a series now, the big C being cancer, that is now... Uh, what do you call that? Um, acceptable, socially acceptable. It is true, I think, when I was a very young woman, it wasn't unmentionable, about on the level that, oh, maybe even pregnancy. Uh, we used to say people were preggers, but I can remember a time when women, some few women, still used the expression in a family way. Uh, at least... The New Age wisdom tells us that we don't blame the person. Uh, the disease is the problem. Uh, we don't blame patients for their lifestyle. Although, I don't know, there's still a lot of that going around. Every time I, I think of, uh, what do you call that, the, the basic issues, allowing ourselves to get out of shape and gain weight, people will blame us for that. Uh, which gets me to my subject for the day, and I'm halfway finished, halfway through my show here. Uh, my subject for the day was Jane Fonda. I'm probably going to have to do her again. Yes, talk about getting in shape. I love that video. I watched it any number of times. I don't think I ever actually did it. She had that uh, exercise video that, oh, she made a fortune on it. Uh, Jane Fonda is such a wonder. Uh, she used to say, don't say socialism, say economic democracy. Anyway, she's coming to town. She's going to give a lecture. Uh, she's going to be interviewed by our own Chris Welch. That's a month from now. Wednesday, the middle of August. Is that the 17th or 18th? Anyway, look for Jane Fonda coming to town. Maybe she'll lead us in an exercise session. <laughs> 
I I hope maybe I'll see some of you there because, of course, Jane Fonda is a former flower child and I like to examine her feminist credentials, which are quite real. And I'm always pretty irritated by the, uh, what do you call it, the condescension that some lefties feel necessary uh, when they talk about Jane Fonda. They have to be, what do you call it, um... Oh, a little sort of thing, you know. Uh, I guess because when she began her career, when she was a very young actress, she made movies like Barbarella, and she fell for a Frenchman, Roger Vadim, right? He put her in all those girly pictures. Uh, but uh, I, I think, you know, she, I'm sure, has her regrets. But what I like is the fact that she she traveled the whole route. She was not born enlightened. She was not born a feminist. Um, was it Simone de Beauvoir said, we are not born women, we become women, and also we become conscious women, we become feminists. Some folks say by the time <laughs> we figure it out, it's too late to matter, but it's not always true. I think that Jane Fonda, well, maybe she will talk a little bit about that photo from Vietnam. That's the the uh, image that has dogged her days, I'm sure. She says she regrets it. You know, that was the one. She says she wishes she had never climbed up on that damn gun and let them take a picture of her. Uh, they used it to condemn her. Uh, I'm sure the photographer saw a chance to make a fortune. And, uh, you know, they always told us not to give the right-wing ammunition. But I want to hear her talk about her work today with the young women. Uh, I think young women will find her appealing because she has been there and done that. She has suffered some of the indignities that American women uh, oh, dare still suffer. I don't know, when I was young, it was mostly oh, waist pinchers and uh, uncomfortable girdles. Now, my God, they have surgery. The unwanted pregnancy rate is Jane Fonda's current preoccupation. I, I notice um, she's down in Atlanta, Georgia, and there is a, I think it's the highest in the nation, the pregnant, the unwanted pregnancy rate down there, and... She's been working to promote sex education thereabouts. Uh, she's made an effort to oppose the abstinence-only groups. You know that gang. It's my suspicion that, well, I don't know this for sure. I, I would like to ask her uh, if this newfound Christian belief, her uh, born-again Scene. Is that an effort to fight fire with fire? Uh, uh, if you can't beat them, join them. I think that as a pillar of the Christian community, she can't be demonized by the right. Have I got that right? Uh-huh. Uh, right-wing bigots are going to label her no matter what she does. But, uh, you know, the drill. But I think... Uh, she is resilient to the end. She's an incredibly strong individual. Uh, 
today the climate of antagonism to well to Planned Parenthood say needs her strong opposition needs the opposition of all of us uh, I remember oh, was it Bill Moyers doing several programs to promote Planned Parenthood and all of these wonderful wise old men tried to explain what they were trying to do for the nation for all of us and I thought you know we really need something glamorous something that would appeal to adolescent young women <coughs> and maybe that's Jane Fonda um, back in the day Catherine Hepburn the late Catherine Hepburn was an advocate for Planned Parenthood I remember got so many mailings from her anyway I think maybe Jane Fonda caught some of Hepburn's enthusiasm they worked together on a movie called On Golden Pond you remember that one I hope she talks about her friendship with the late Kate her father was in that movie too Henry Fonda uh, uh they say that On Golden Pond gave father and daughter a chance to resolve some of their issues, the old pains and hurts. Uh, Father-daughter stuff. Tell me about it. If you've read any of the biographies, you know that Jane Fonda and uh, especially Henry's son, Peter Fonda, were estranged from their dad, uh, their mother took her own life when the children were young. Peter Fonda apparently tried to kill himself at one point. I remember hearing him during an interview. He said he was pretty messed up. He, he tried to poison himself, apparently, and the doctors uh, sent for his dad, and Henry Fonda was away on his honeymoon. He had a new young wife. Uh, she became a friend of Jane Fonda's about the same age. Anyway, uh, Henry Fonda was angry about his son, what, acting out, being he was being called home, spoiled his uh, honeymoon. The adult Peter Fonda, I remember, made a very angry face and said, uh, well, I can't say that on the air either. He said, big effing deal. Traditional dad, the kind that so many of us remember, uh, always much loved, but uh, a little low on empathy. Uh, Jane Fonda's problems with men are the classic Oedipal patterns. Uh, I think it's very brave of her to, what do you call that, uh, air her linen in public. Uh, hmm, I wonder whether we should ask celebrities about their Oedipus complexes. Uh, I guess they're used to it. Uh, maybe we could stop that, or maybe we could do less of it. Uh, I was interested in Jane Fonda's other symptom, the well, the, the bulimia, I guess, would be the, the thing I, I noticed first. Uh, I think it was, uh, it came out in particular when... Uh, the late Princess Diana died, and uh, there was a discussion. It was all about uh, the, the new age young women 
and how their eating disorders were part of their self-esteem problems. Yes, as Gloria Steinem says, self-esteem may not be important, but it's the only thing that allows you to function anyway. Jane Fonda has a lot of humor. She's awfully funny when she talks about... She, she learned that the ancient Romans practiced feasting and then going to a vomitoria. Then they emptied their stomachs and feasted again. After I heard that, I tried it once. Uh, usually once is enough for me. <laughs> it's, I'm too queasy. As a 50s college girl, I never got past, oh, chewing and spitting out. We used to do that. Uh, but pizza was expensive. We were poor. Um, I think mostly I lived on brownies and gin, but that's another story. I hope that Ms. Fonda talks about her own children, about what she has learned about being a parent. Uh, her husband, Tom Hayden, well... I was never sure what, uh, well, they say that that marriage was full of mutual support. I I don't know. I, I imagine he was more aware than Roger Vadim, the French first husband. Definitely an exploiter. A uh, lot of silly stuff. But uh, Fonda as a sex kitten is an object lesson. Uh... She has transcended that role. She came to consciousness on screen in Clute, the one where she played a prostitute, you remember. I liked her in The Chase with Brando and Redford. Most of all, I liked They Shoot Horses, don't they? That was a movie about, well, it was a depression phenomena back in the 1930s. It was a dance marathon. People so desperate... They competed for prize money uh, until they dropped from exhaustion. <laughs> it was a terrific picture. Yeah, Red Button did die. Susanna York went insane. Metaphors, uh, dancing as fast as we can. Oh, yes. There are a lot of suicides today. Uh, again, that's another story. All over the world, the global recession, euphemism, the global depression is driving human beings uh, all over the globe to kill themselves. Uh, I don't know. I didn't get much uh, from Jane in the conventional feminist plays. I mean, she did uh, Ibsen, Heinrich Ibsen's A Doll's House, written back in the 1890s. That play, it's not right for Jane Fonda. Uh, needs a romance addict or anyway a woman with an antique heart Jane Fonda is modern she is postmodern. she's unbelievably healthy <laughs> I liked her best in movies like The China Syndrome a movie where she could fight for justice and still be a complex full-blooded female there she was alone with her turtle in that arty apartment uh the sort of woman who is comfortable in love or out of it. Just as she is now, today, in what we call real life. Seventy-something, her Ted Turner years are interesting to me because I, I always wonder 
what the rules are or should be uh, when a powerful woman marries money. Is it ethical to try to persuade a husband or a lover, you know, to support your causes? Artists may feel that the money is best spent to promote cultural change. That gets me to Isadora Duncan. Oh, and I haven't had time to recommend uh, 9 to 5, the movie with Dolly Parton and Lily Tomlin. That's Jane Fonda's uh, feminist opus. I'll be back on the air next Tuesday at 3 o'clock. Till then, go easy. This has been Jennifer Stone Wright. If you can't go easy, go as easy as you can. Here comes Jane Fonda, a fabulous, outrageous star of nearly 40 films, is going to be in Berkeley on August the 17th. This is Chris Welch, and I get to talk with Jane on stage about her phenomenally dramatic life. I mean, just consider some of the men. Henry and Roger Vadim, Tom Hayden, Ted Turner, and then there's Jane's powerful feminism. She co-founded the Women's Center in Gloria Steinem, her controversial opposition to the Vietnam War, her ongoing work with Eve Ensler, her Academy Awards, Golden Globe. Not to mention her best-selling works on health and fitness. Plus, we'll discuss her big brand new book, Prime Time, and oh, just be there. August 17th, 7.30 p.m., First Congregational Church, 2345 Channing in Berkeley. It's a KPFA benefit. There's wheelchair access. Tickets are only $15 at brownpapertickets.com or our lovely local bookstores. Check kpfa.org for full information. I can't wait.